Hey, what's going on there, motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Tonight is uh, the 28th of November in the year 2022. This is the Monday as we return from the Thanksgiving four-day weekend, which is pretty awesome. Good opportunity just to relax, you know? We all need that. Just to decompress, you know, we did some eating, did some farting into the couch, did some playing with the dog, did some celebrating, some meeting and greeting with family, did some thinking, did some preparations for the coming week and the <clears throat> coming holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, <clears throat> Yule, Saturnalia. been listening to continuing my enjoyment of the Stephen King novel via Audible. It's called um, Fairy Tale. Pretty fucking good so far. We got an adorable aged dog. We got an old timer with a mysterious background. We've got a this the well to the under. Um, so what do you call it? This fucking hole in the ground that leads to another world. Wow. And we hear about the adventures that this young man is going to go on. It's fucking awesome. Um, listen to some good podcasts, man. Talking about some cool shit with uh, friends and patients and confidants and staff members. Trying to friggin' put smiles on faces and fire under the mass, asses of the masses, you know, it's my way. And get some good workouts in. I got to atone for my lack of push-ups this morning, even though I did get to the gym. I didn't do my 167 push-ups, and it's probably not going to happen tonight. Getting late. I mean, I could do it. Maybe I will. I can do it. Don't know if I want to get my heart rate that high, you know. Trying, trying to, trying to friggin' decompress for the night. It's almost 8 p.m. I could do 300 tomorrow. Maybe I will take my time with it too. You know. Um, a lot of interesting interactions today. You know, I look for those things. Maybe it, it has something to do with my listening to these podcasts and the stories that I'm, you know, taking in with Stephen King. It's like I'm going on a journey. As I mentioned in the last podcast, information in equals information out. So in order to stimulate your curiosity, your imagination, your creativity, you have to have, you have to have some interest in shit. If you don't have any interest, if you don't have any anything new coming into your brain and to your body, you're going to get stale, you're going to be fucking miserable, you're going to be stagnant, you're going to be a turd, floating in a fucking toilet, smelling, right? It's time to flush that goddamn turd. So, man, I freaking... I had several new busy day today, steady, 
nice pace to it, nice tempo. Saw some great people, had some great conversations. I really love them all. I really do. I honor them. I listen to them. I got his listen to. Oh, shit. I heard some things. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to share with you the most interesting aspects of it. I treated a psychotherapist today. I asked if they were just joking. Ooh, that's a nice light display. I asked if they... were analyzing me. Okay. Snickered at that, but now I just woke up. I'm not in any frame of mind to uh, analyze anybody. We laughed, we talked, and delivered my best adjustment. Another young lady came in. She's uh, just out of college. She said she had gone to this doctor, this other chiropractor. And what a turd. Guy's got her coming three times a week and buying pillows and fish oil and CBD and all these things that she doesn't need. In my opinion, and in her opinion, and she's no better. So I'll deliver my best adjustment. I'll do my best. Of course, I think my way is the best way. But I think it's the reasonable way. You know, I don't, I don't understand why we need to drive that intense care down somebody's throat. It doesn't have to be a big sale. It doesn't have to be a big production. Just take care of people, man. Give a shit. Listen to them. Help them. Go the extra mile. Bullshit. I had somebody come in today tell me that they talk about they hurt themselves lifting when they were in jail. Which interests me, intrigued me. I know the person, very nice individual. Did my best to serve. Am I interested in, in why they might have been in jail or what their background is or what the, the making is? Maybe it was a little bit with this, was shared with me, like how this might have happened, how this might have transpired. A little bit about somebody's life, the makings of a man or woman. Why are we the way we are? You know? And reflecting upon those podcasts that I mentioned, uh, interviews of people who were stereotypical bad guys, right? Cyber criminals, uh, pilots for drug cartels. What you can glean from these stories, and I suggest you listen to those, are fucking fascinating, is that people are complex. No one is all good or all bad. We all got the seed of both within us. We have decisions to make day to day. We have experiences that we have and that we share and that we pass on. You know, what our beliefs or, you know, those experiences, the impact of those experiences to other people in our life. You know? You were abused or you were wronged or whatever. Your upbringing wasn't satisfying. And so people will shine that light, that experience, that, that dark, that shadow, whatever it is, whatever you want to, that energy, they'll shine it on others. 
the people in their life, the people they're closest with. I mean, I'm just dealing with some of this stuff myself around the holidays, um, around my family and my upbringing and my aging parents that I barely have a relationship with and why that is. It's something else, man. Pondering all this. And you replay that that story. That story, Life According to Aaron. What have my experiences been? What is my version of, of the way I've come to be Aaron Sebastian Oberst? Incidentally, this intersection I'm at right now, this is interesting. It's uh, 63 and 113, just short of... Uh, I'm proceeding on 63 or Summitown Pike. I'm almost in front of the Harleysville Walmart. So right at that intersection of 113 and 63, a man told me today that his relative was killed by an Indian, a Native American, whenever, 1700s, 1800s. They found him in a, a run, he called it, which is basically like a dry creek bed. A depression. They found him at that intersection with an arrow in his back. And that he and she was speaking Pennsylvania Dutch to somebody, to an Amish guy. And he wondered, hey, what are you? Are you Amish? Are you this? Are you that? Because you have, all Amish people only have a beard but no mustache. That is because military would wear a mustache and the Amish wanted to distinguish themselves from the military. And this is going back to like Civil War, uh, Revolutionary and Civil War times, the foundation of this community that I'm driving through, Pennsylvania. I believe the guy, you know, he was talking to me in Pennsylvania Dutch, like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Intensely interesting guy. He told me that. that the Amish guy happened to be a like histor- historical scholar, and he was poring over the history of this name. He said the last name Moyer actually means it's from Meyer. And even back further than that, there's Meyer, Meyer Hoof or something like that. Moyer is a very common name in this area. You really, the actual original pronunciation is Meyer. Holy shit, right? So this guy, by that lineage, was killed by a Native American however long ago, however many, however many hundreds of years ago, at that intersection that has passed. How crazy is that? Now this is suburbia, sprawling suburbia, and, you know, periodic communities of McMansions. Interesting, huh? But you didn't meet anybody that told you that their ancestor was shot by a Native American with an arrow found at a freaking intersection. And I almost forgot about that story. Unfucking believable. <clears throat> I talked to a guy, coach friend of mine, this evening about my last podcast topic, um, which was one of the topics, subtopic was. Uh, losing the locker room, and he, we talked about extensively, and he 
you believe that, you know, Zach Wilson did lose the locker room. And he talked about the cohesiveness and the, you know, the ability of somebody like that. He's like among 30 guys in the world that could throw a ball and play that position. 60 guys, maybe, even if he's a backup. Among 60 guys in the world that can throw the football and do the things that he can do athletically. So he's honored to be, he should be honored to be in that group anyway. But that, you know, you're working very um, cohesively with this team. And if you act out, if you act out of their best interest, outside of their best interest, then you could be, you know, it'll be obvious. It's just like a, a squad leader. We talked about, okay, my military experience. If you're leading a group of Marines and you aren't leading by example, you know, in a combat situation, you fucking hide. You hide in your foxhole. You pull a dead body on top of you, as has been uh, depicted in many war movies, right? Or like in Saving Private Ryan, remember there was uh, Ross from fucking Friends, uh, Matthew Schwimmer, or what is that his name, Matthew Schwimmer? He played the incredible dick uh, lieutenant, captain eventually, that they all hated. The Ben hated because he wanted to be in charge, he was abusive, he was um, a real dickhead, and he punished a lot of these um, seasoned veterans who were enlisted and pulled rank on them. And then in the time of conflict, um, when the shit hit the fan, he hid or he froze or he didn't lead properly. He lost the locker room, man. He lost his men, and that's, by analogy, even though the stakes aren't quite as high, life or death, that's what happens. You go out there as a leader of a team, as a quarterback, by implication, you know, you are a leader. You're expected to lead. And so, very interesting, really interesting to have spoken with him. And with that analogy of the Saving Private Ryan, forget what they call that guy, Lieutenant, whatever, but those men hated that motherfucker. And he was eventually sent away from the unit because he fucked up, and I think men died as a result. So the thing is, there's no shame in, like, losing... I mean, it's terrible if you lose the locker room. It's terrible if you lose the confidence of your of your men, of your workforce, of your team, whatever, but people do this all the time. Yes, the stakes are very high in professional athletics. Not everybody's going to be a Tom Brady. You know, this guy's young. He'll get other opportunities. He should maximize on them. I'm sure he's done that before, but um, you know, you can rise again. You can find your way. Um, maybe next time you won't freeze. Maybe you'll have learned your lesson. Maybe you'll train harder. Maybe you'll you know, whatever. But, I mean, I've been in some of these situations where, as a leader of Marines, as a squad leader, you had a dozen guys looking at you for the right thing to do. And you need to be able to do everything they can do. Physically and mentally. So, if you... I've seen guys lose the locker room. Lose the confidence of their men. And they would mock them and make fun of them. And, you know, and, and ultimately not follow their commands. And it's, it's unfortunate, but probably saves lives, right? 
so interesting, or it'll win the the Jets the game. But very interesting. Finally, I'm going to talk about uh, this conversation I had this evening with uh, a great, a nice patient of mine. The guy talks a lot. He knows it. I love him. I love to listen to him tonight. He, big, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get your attention with this. A family member of his, one of his children, <clears throat> has a different shared experience. Obviously, child grew up is now an adult, middle age, thirties, forties, lives out in an inner city in the Midwest. Their lived experience is different, even though they're raised around here in this community, raised as a <clears throat> as a ver- quite a conservative in a very conservative community. Now lives and works in a very liberal community and a an inner city where you can, by extension, appreciate that it's probably predominantly uh, minority lives and works in a community among minorities and they are a white person from a conservative background upbringing and so at when this person comes back east and visits the family for Thanksgiving, there are arguments. And my patient is very, I think by, um, I think that by comparatively speaking, this man, my patient, is very um, limber, I think. That he likes to talk, he likes to share conversations, he understands that people feel differently than he is, even though he might stand on his um, principles. He's willing to listen to people, but obviously had some, in an impasse, talking to his daughter about some things. Different shared experiences. So, uh, the daughter provided him with a t-shirt that says, had a picture of Jesus on it, and it said, I was a refugee. And with my limited history of Jesus and the Bible and Christianity, I know enough that Jesus, yes, he was expelled, he was told, you know, can, hey, can you stay in the city? Can we stay in your city? No, we go out to pasture. We got a freaking, you know, they basically put him up in a in a manger, right, where the livestock lived. Hey, you can take your, your young uh, family. Your wife's going to give birth, you know. You guys can go hang out in the freaking manger with the animals. But you can't stay here, you know. So, and the king at the time and all this shit, that whole story. The biblical tale, right? <clears throat> it is written that Jesus was essentially a refugee. Okay? 
he's an immigrant. Correct me if I'm wrong. Immigrant, I think, is what the the T-shirt says, not refugee. But, so this guy, he wore this T-shirt to a men's Bible study. And, like, one one guy said, well, that's accurate. The rest of them didn't want to talk about it. And I thought, what friggin' balls you have, my friend. What courage you have. You know, we had just spoken about how people are closed-minded and that they don't always want to hear. I thought he was talking about his, his daughter, that, you know, they... You know, they don't, they can't relate in certain, certain, certain topics because, you know, she lives and works in the inner city and he's never really, you know, he's from a from New York or something like that. But now he basically was born and raised in a very conservative Christian community. Um, where most people that, were born and raised the way he was, feel the same way about every topic. You know, that's what I said, like, people lose their malleability. We all do. When we get older, our bodies and our minds, they don't want to move. They want to freeze. They want to get fucking rusty so that the joints don't move, can't get you around, and your mind, your neurons... They want to fire down the same old path, same old thoughts, same old emotions that they've always experienced. That's what they want more of. They're incapable, in fact. Of acting, behaving differently. Body and your mind. This guy wears a, I am a, I'm an immigrant. Jesus t-shirt to the male Bible study and basically, you know, got the, 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 um, response that he received was not a warm one, you know, basically what this is, is calling out these people, pointing out the reality. Many of, I'm just saying, I wasn't there, but I'm assuming a lot of these conservative Christian types frown upon the policies of, quote-unquote, this administration at our borders. Like, you know, they're maybe they're Trumpers. Maybe they think that, well, we need to secure these borders and we can't let these people in without testing them. You know, they're coming in with all kinds of diseases and they're coming in and they're criminals and so on and so forth. And my friend is pointing out, well, maybe we should regard immigrants, refugees, with love. Maybe we should try to understand people a little bit more, like why they're coming here. You know, before you blame people, you know, before you stereotype people as whatever. I mean, what are you going to, what, what are they, criminals? Are they, you know, bringing pestilence in? Are they bringing disease in? Are they bringing... Are the, the uh, Democrats, you know, welcoming, welcoming them with open arms because then they'll have voters 
okay, because they don't need a, you know, ID to vote, all this shit, you know. <clears throat> Immigrants are not looked very highly upon in America today. I mean, I feel like most people, if Jesus was coming into our, came up to our house and said, hey, you know, can we, my wife's pregnant, can I stay here for the night? If that was our inn or whatever, would we let them in? Would we put them up? You know, we give them blankets, we give them food. Would we help people that are less, that have less than we do? Um... I think a lot of people actually would if they were in a certain circumstance. I don't, I think a lot of people, I'm an optimist, but I think a lot of people would, would not turn somebody away who needed help. But maybe as many, at least as many would turn them away, if only by fear and ignorance based upon that. found this so interesting talking to this guy about this, you know. I, I gained so much respect for this guy that he did that to try to stimulate, hey, you know, what about this, guys? What do you think about this? You know, here we are, you know, believers in Jesus Christ, the biblical story, you know, we live it, we, we love it, you know, this is our, we can recite all this shit, we gather here with this in common, these beliefs and, and our principles, but what about this? If, if we, we point out a glaring reality that, yes, Jesus was <clears throat> an immigrant, a refugee, and not a white man, right? He appeared a lot darker than, you know, we like to see. He's not, you know, brown hair and blue eye. You see the renditions of, you know, the Jesus' likely uh, profile was. Tight curly hair, dark skin, bigger lips, you know. He wasn't this kind of uh, embellished figure. In other words, he's not, if he lived at all, which there's some evidence I've read that he, he did live, he did not look like we would like him to look. And he did not behave as we would like him to behave, necessarily. And if there's any truth to the narrative... You know, about the, the whole story. You know, we have to be able to look at it 
outside of our own lived experience, our own, you know, version of it. We have to take other information into account and just look at it. Hey, man, the guy was a fucking immigrant. We just need to look out for other people, man. We need to listen to other people and their and understand. Like I don't. You know, and I'm going to end with this. This is really interesting. My friend, <clears throat> he said a few things. One, among the things that he said that I, I hear a lot of, I, I don't necessarily buy it completely. He said, "Everybody's so sensitive. You can't talk about anything these days." I thought he was talking about having had a, an argument with his daughter or his family, immediate family. I think he was talking about his fellow, uh, his flock. I think he was talking about his flock. Like they, they don't want to, they don't want to talk about hard issues. They don't want to talk about glaring realities or controversy. You know, they want to, they, they've already come to the conclusion about that. We need, we need to be very careful about coming to conclusions without evidence. But how, just like I said before, how difficult is it to break the mold? Think about it, listener. How difficult is it for you to step outside of the way you were raised? You know, you think that you are a Democrat or a Republican by your own choice? How many people really are versus how many people are a Democrat or a Republican or a Christian or an atheist uh, by birth, by development, by monkey see, monkey fucking do. I think it's it's a lot of the the latter, you know. I think there's a lot of unoriginal people out there. Are you an unoriginal person? Just, you got to stay inside the framework that society or your parents or your teachers or whatever puts you in? This guy said he thinks outside the box and he ain't bullshitting, man. He's talking about his own people. I mean, it's good. there's other examples, I'm sure, where it's not just Christians, it's, it's whatever. But, I mean, I'm very interested in what this guy had to say. He opened my eyes a lot. Um... Are we too sensitive? I don't, I don't, I'm certainly not. Like, I, I might not agree with what you have to say, but I'll listen to you. You know, he was saying that he was going to take, there was somebody, you know, judge, not to judge a book by its cover. He was going to bring somebody who's all tattooed up or who has, who smokes or who does this, that, and the other thing. <clears throat> and he was going to take him to church and he told his wife, and she's like, oh, I don't know about that. Something like that, or, you know, or I said, you should bring a fucking biker guy. You know, are we trying to, who are we trying to get? If you truly believe that the, that the Jesus Christ is the, the light and the path and the way um, that we need to believe in this story and in this, this, this deity, in the whole kid and caboodle, I haven't used that phrase in a while then you should be willing to share it, especially with the people who you think might need it the most. That means sinners. 
Go to the fucking bars, man. Go to Susie's fucking lounge. Go to, you know, the racetrack. Go to casinos. Go to Skid Row. You know, go to places where you think you might find people who, by your, by your estimation, have lost their way or who need help. Which is everybody, man. Everybody needs help. And whether it's Jesus Christ or Yahweh or <clears throat> Zeus or fucking David Koresh, Moses, Santa Claus. Listen, whoever the fuck you want to believe in, I'm not. I'm not making fun. Honestly, not making fun. I think spirituality, philosophy, religion, I think it's all fascinating. I think what human beings do with it is predictable, typical, and often ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Just my opinion. But some uh, some very interesting conversations today, and I'm glad I had them, and I'm glad to be going home now. Let's see my family. I do include my doggy bogey, who's going to jump up and put his paws right on my shoulders and lick my face, and twist his little ass around, <clears throat> bend every which way, in efforts to greet me warmly. Got a nice meal. Take a shower. <clears throat> I'll probably listen to more Stephen King. Try to fill my mind with just possibilities, man. It might be fiction, but it's something. It's information. It's stimulation. It's something new. A story I have not heard. A new patch of grass to sniff. You understand what I'm saying? Alright, you fucking anuses. Everybody have a nice Monday night. Mission accomplished, I think. Tomorrow's a new day. And I surely wish my garage door would open up a little fucking faster than that. But it's a first world problem. All right, love and respect.